you want to express something and it's got to be beneficial. If it's beneficial to you, it's probably beneficial to someone else. Welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to Let It Out, hosted by me, Katie Delbout. And today on the podcast, I have Erin Mallory Long. She is a writer, a TV producer, a podcaster, a genuinely really funny, kind person, which you'll hear in this episode. She's been a regular contributor to Hello Giggles and Us Weekly's Fashion Police, and she hosts the podcast, which I love, about the TV show Friends called Best of Friends Podcast. And she's just fantastic. Huffington Post listed her on the 18 funny women you should be following on Twitter, and you should be because she's hilarious, she's interesting, she's fantastic. So you're going to hear all about her in just a moment. We talked for a long time, and she was so kind and really inspiring and great. We're going to get right into that. But a couple things first. First of all, there was an election since we last spoke, which really is the elephant in the room that I have to address, and I'm sure you know about it, unless you've been living under a rock, and even then you probably know about this election, and hopefully you voted. And I'm probably not going to say the right thing. I'm definitely not, but I am going to say this. If your candidate won, great, fantastic, good for you. If not, you might be feeling a little bit vulnerable, a little bit sad, a little bit confused. And I just want to say you are loved and I think it's going to be okay. And I know that this election caused, is causing still so much separation and hate and division of people in the world. But last week, I also saw a lot of love. I also felt that people were connecting. And I got so many texts from friends saying, are you okay? How are you feeling? Just knowing that we might be feeling vulnerable as women. I think checking in on your friends, whether there's an election or not, is really important. And maybe do so today. Maybe just send a text to someone you haven't talked to in a while. See how they're doing. See how they're feeling. Send them some love. And back to this election, I don't really know what to say. So I am going to read something that my friend and past podcast guest, Valerie Cheney, wrote on her Instagram. This is what she posted the day after the election. The most heartbreaking thing about all of this is knowing that the gut-wrenching fear I feel today is just a tiny fraction of what people of color, immigrants, disabled people, and members of the LGBTQ community feel in this country every day. I can never know the fullness of your pain, but I do know that my privilege comes with the responsibility to not be silent. I promise to fight now more than ever for you 
to have the right to feel safe in this country. I will use my voice and stand with you until there truly is liberty and justice for all. So that's what Val articulated so beautifully, and I just wanted to read on the podcast in case you felt the same way I do. And regardless of your political beliefs, regardless of who you voted for, you are welcome here, and you are loved here, regardless of anything about you, actually. Everyone is a friend of mine if they listen to this podcast, because if you do, you probably spend a lot of time with me, and you must be a pretty decent person, I'm assuming. You must be a pretty nice person. So thank you. Thank you for listening. And today's show is actually sponsored by another really amazing person. His name is Ray Skowinski. It's actually not him. It's his company, Oleomed, which is a supplement brand that I actually really love. He sent me a couple, and I've been taking them since the summer, and I really like the Primrose formula. It's for women's health, and it's fantastic. You're going to hear all about it in a mini-interview with Ray, and it's not boring. I swear, it's not a boring mini-interview. He tells me about how he grew up on a farm in Wisconsin, and then now they produce these amazing supplements that have olive oil in them, which is how the good nutrients actually get into your system. Anyway, you're going to hear all about that in the mini-interview. And I just want to say that I think it's good to have some levity at a time like this, so that's why I'm putting this podcast out. I was going to put a different episode out this week, but... You know, I think Aaron is really awesome and great, and we talk about light things like TV and rent and also creativity, and it's a fantastic conversation that I think we all just kind of need right now. So I love you guys. Thank you for listening to me and this longer-than-usual introduction. If you like this show, if it makes you feel less alone, if you think anything about it at all, let me know. Let me know on iTunes by leaving a review and rating. Give it a high five by subscribing. That helps a ton. Oh, and I'm not sure if I said this last week. I'm pretty sure I did. Anyway, we were number 127 of all of the podcasts in our category, which This American Life is in our category. Fresh Air is in our category. There's some big ones. But we were 127, which I think is really good. But if you all left a review, if we all teamed up together, if you all like essentially voted... (laughs) about what you think of the podcast, we could maybe be like number 100 or number 120 at least, you know? So anyway, leave a review, send the podcast to a friend, sign up for my email newsletter, which I'm so sorry, you guys, I have not sent one out in forever. I want to, I actually have one in my drafts, but yeah, I'll send one out really soon. So sign up. I love you guys. You definitely don't have to worry about me spamming you with lots of emails because I can barely send one out. Enjoy, Aaron. I hope you guys, I hope I said the right thing about the election. I'm having a little bit of anxiety about that. You know, it's just a hard thing to talk about and I want to talk about it. And I think that regardless of how you feel, doing something, supporting the organizations that you are a fan of, that you want to see grow, I think doing that, I think doing something will make you feel better. I know that that's the case for me. So do something, feel good, reach out to a friend, enjoy this episode, maybe send the episode to a friend, maybe just reach out to them and tell them that you love them, but do something. Thank you so much again for being here. I 
love your work. Thank you for doing your podcast. I'm so excited to get to know you more. Like I said in our email, you just seem so cool. And whenever I read your <laughs> articles or watch your YouTube videos or listen to your podcast or do really consume any of your content, I'm just like, wow, I really want to just be your best of friend because you're <laughs> so cool. So thanks for doing my podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. So. <laughs> well, I meant every word. So <laughs> you just had a birthday. How was your birthday? I did. Uh, my birthday was good. Just very, uh, very chill. You know, after, after some, after you hit a few milestones, you're kind of like, oh, okay, cool. This is more of the same. <laughs> like, yeah, I loved your birthday presents. They looked so cool on Instagram, and you had a Mark and Roger like embroidered rent yeah. thing, which I thought was amazing. And I recognized right away who it was, and then <laughs> commented, and you confirmed that I was right. So, are you a big rent head, as they call yeah. them, us? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as they call us. Yeah, my uh, my best friend made that for me. We always talk about. Um, doing like a gender bending uh production of rent and like i want to play mark and she oh wants God, to play amazing. roger so, and like amazing. i went i went to film school so i, I like identify with mark yes. on a in a really gross way and is um, she a musician no no <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing kind of like how mindy kaling did the matt and ben yes i where do i get tickets i would love to come see your production yes, with your exactly. friend <laughs> I know. I am desperate, desperate to do it. All I do in my car, really, uh, since moving to L.A. is, like, sing Rent, so. <laughs> All I do mostly throughout my life is sing Rent. I remember yeah. <laughs> as a child, I randomly knew every single word of every single, like, line of that entire show because my uncle lived in New York, or he does still live in New York, and he's a director, and I think he had given my mom, like, the cassette tape <laughs> as, like, a random Christmas present when, like, in, like, 1996 or something. And I, then she loved it, and we upgraded to, like, the two-disc CD situation. Yep. And I would just listen to it on repeat, and it had, like, most of the show, because most of the show is sung because it's, like, the rock opera for people yep. listening. And I knew every single line, and it was it just it was one of those things that was like in me. And mm -hmm. I remember having this moment where like I was waiting, I was just like a like a ten year old or something. I was like waiting for a tennis lesson, and like someone was late, and I was so bored. And I just and I'm an only child, so maybe that's like where some of this comes from. And I was like. I will never be bored again. I'll just sing Rent in my head. It'll give me something to do. Like, I remember having that thought distinctly. And anyway, so. That's, ama that's amazing. Yeah, I, um, it was like really, it was really popular and I wasn't really aware of it. Like when I was in middle school, like I kind of knew, but I like, I wasn't into it and it wasn't something that we like. I'm from upstate New York, so we would we would take school field trips down to New York to see Broadway shows sometimes. But, like, Rent was obviously not on our itinerary. Like, we went and saw, like, Andy, Get Your Gun or, like, whatever. So I that didn't get a chance. That was my first Broadway show, Andy, Get oh, Your Gun. Oh, God. And Rent was I, my second. <laughs> uh, I loved Andy, Get Your Gun so much. I saw Les Mis, too, so around cool. that time. 
Yeah, I saw Andy Get Your Gun with Bernadette Peters, and it was me like, too. <gasps> maybe we're in. Maybe we're sitting next to each other. Yeah, that is the one we. That's the one we saw. We took like it was like just a school field trip. Like we boarded a bus. We like went down, got to see a matinee. It was great. That's so cool. <laughs> that's cool. Um, but when I was in college, we would always. I would through my work study job. I would always get free tickets to Rent. So I saw Rent in college, like. 10 times that's amazing and like that's when I became obsessed with it and then I was like oh I know every word to this yeah <laughs> like, yeah oh my gosh it, it just I don't know what it is it just goes right in I guess because yeah. and it just stays there <laughs> or something yeah yeah I saw it as a child because I had like heard it so much that I knew every single line and then my mom was like, oh, yeah, we'll take you to this. And I was, like, way too young to understand any of the themes. So it just kind of, like, went over my head of, of like, what I was just singing my heart out about. Right. And then, and then as I got older, I, I really – it became this cultural thing where, like, I would hear something. I would hear, like, Leonard Cohen or I'd hear, like, a something that I'd heard in Rent that I didn't actually know what it was or who the person was. And then I would hear it in conversation and be like, oh, I recognize it from Rent. And then, like, yep. learn th- about things. It was really, like, how I learned about the world. And then I just kind of became obsessed. And in college, I was visiting, like, another friend at another college. And they had Rent in, like, the um, script in their apartment. And it became, like, a, a drinking game where they could – they had to read it for class and yeah. they would open it up to any line and like point and I would say the next line because they just like wanted to, I was like their guinea pig it was so funny oh my god that's so funny so no it it's just um it's just one of the best I don't know it's just great <laughs> thank you well thank you so much for geeking out about this and I like already overshared about myself and I feel like this is already like a narcissistic conversation but I'm just so excited that I have someone that is as excited about rent as I am. So, oh, and I just saw that it was the um, 20, 20 year anniversary. So this is timely, and they're like going on a national tour again. Yep, yeah, they're coming to LA, and I'm like, oh my god, I have to go. <laughs> That's amazing. I, yeah, I have to go too. We'll have to talk about it after. Totally. <laughs> and I saw randomly on YouTube last rent thing. I promise, and then this is like a love letter to you, and we're we'll get into <laughs> everything. But quickly. I just saw random, this is like so weird and creepy, but I was apparently like in a, you know, average Thursday rent deep dive on YouTube and I saw like a high school <laughs> production of it oh and God. I was just like, that was my dream and for them to announce the spring play and for it to be rent and this high school got to do it and I watched, I'm not going to say all of it, but most of it <laughs> and it was so good. Like the kids were so good and I couldn't even believe that it was happening, but anyway. Oh my god. I'll have to find that and send it to you for That's a laugh or something. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. I'm so jealous of right? <laughs> any high schooler who got to do that show. I know. I know. I think it I think it was in LA, which probably makes sense, but it was definitely yeah. in California. Oh my god. Anyway, all right. And now I want to talk about you. So Let's start with, like, you grew up in New York, as you said, and then I've heard you say before that you've always wanted to live in New York City, so what was it to you that was so alluring about living in New York City growing up, and what were your expectations of living there, and then did, you know, during your time there, did it live up to that, and you went to NYU, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I went to NYU. I decided around um, 
like seventh grade that I wanted to go to NYU. Um, and, and then conveniently, uh, Felicity started when I was a a freshman in high school and I was like, Oh, yep. Okay, great. Um, but I don't know. I, um, ever since I started, when I started visiting New York, like on school trips, as I said, like in like fourth and fifth grade, we would start going, we going down there for trips and I just loved it. And I, I don't think I really knew why or like what I liked about it. I just knew like. Oh, I want to live there. And it, it, it wasn't in like a rude to my hometown way. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like, oh, I have to escape this place. I just knew I wanted to live in a big city. And like New York is like the biggest city you can live in. Yeah. So I just like knew I wanted to go there. Um, and it just was like, it was just always my focus. I was just like, okay, well, how can I go to NYU? How can I go to New York? Like, That's so cool. So living there, did it live up to those high expectations were you felicity (laughs) yeah absolutely i i loved it i don't even the only like adjustment problems i had going to college which was was just you know being away from my family and stuff like i i saw kids freshman year who like obviously just didn't really like new york nyu is a tough school like it's just there's not like a campus environment and stuff Mm -hmm. like you really have to be kind of independent to um survive and i saw people just like come in and just not like it and i was like man i feel great here like yeah this is awesome we don't have a football team i was like i don't care about football this is great like it just um it was just like the perfect place for me. And it was, it was the only school I wanted to go to. It was the only city I wanted to live in. And, um, it just was great. It, it's my, uh, it's my favorite place in the world, you know? So cool. Yeah. It's just wonderful. <laughs> so you studied film, you said, um, while you were there, did you always grow up knowing that you wanted to study film and, and eventually work in TV? I knew that I loved TV. Um, and I knew I loved TV and movies. I knew I loved like watching them and thinking about them and talking about them like forever. Like when I was a little kid, I used to watch just every single TV show that was available. And, um, what were some just, of your favorites? Oh my God. Well, I love the Simpsons. We always would watch the Simpsons as like a family. And then I got, I got into friends, uh, when that started, but I would just watch any sitcom that was on TV, any TV show that was on, I was watching. Cause I just was like fascinated by it. And I love Nickelodeon and like, I just love television. And I, uh, got into theater in high school, obviously. Um, and, uh, I just was like, oh, okay, well, maybe like a theater career doesn't really make sense, but I guess film and TV is like similar. And I just always wanted to work in, in TV in some capacity. Um, and so I just was like, okay, I'll try to go to film school. Let's see if this can work. (laughs) That's so cool. So growing up, did you have a favorite subject in school? Did you always know you wanted to be a writer? Did you excel in like writing in English? Yeah, my uh, my mom is a high school English teacher, actually, and um, my mom and my dad both went to um, grad school for creative writing, so it was always, like, at least uh, a creative outlet I, I knew of, like, I was aware of, and so I would always write, like, stories when I was little and stuff, and it was, like, one of those things that I didn't really, like, acknowledge, and then I kind of realized, like, 
when I was older, like, oh, you like writing, you idiot, you know? Because <laughs> um, I always was afraid to or, like, embarrassed about it or something. Um, but I-, I always loved English. Like, that always made sense to me. Like, an essay question was, like, where I felt the most comfortable. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was a pretty good student, like, overall, like, in high school and stuff. But, like, English was, like the easiest for me I just was like oh yeah I get this I like reading I like writing like I've got this this is fine (laughs) yeah it made sense were you actually in your mom's class was she your teacher when you was she at your high school uh she was at my high school she was also at my middle school and I had her as a teacher in eighth grade um because she taught the honors English class and the only way to be in honors English in high school was to take it in eighth grade and so we, she had to, like, go to the principal and be like, look, Aaron obviously should be in honors English, but, like, I'm teaching it. So, like, you just have to be okay with that, I guess. And, like, yeah. they were just like, okay, like, be fair. So, like, when I would um, work on my homework at home, I just wasn't allowed to, like, discuss it with her, discuss mm-hmm. my English homework with her. So I would just go to my dad and have him, like, look over essays um, and stuff for me. And then there were a couple times when, like, I just remember, like, he took a line out of one of my essays, and my mom had made, like, a comment that was the sentiment of the line he had taken out. Oh, my God. Like, on my paper. And I was like, ah, dad told me to take that out. Like, she was like, oh, well, I don't know. (laughs) That's, like, something from a sitcom. (laughs) Yeah, like, there were a lot of moments like that where I was just like, ah, but I have that there. Oh, no. (laughs) That's so funny. Do you have brothers and sisters? Uh, I have one younger brother, yeah. Are you guys, were you guys close growing up? Yeah, he's, um, he's five years younger than I am, so it was always, like, a very, like, caretaker, little brother, Mm -hmm. like, relationship for a long time, um, but we're, we're really close now, um, and as we, as we both got older, uh, we were. Yeah, so would you say your family was into TV and kind of the same things that you were into growing up? Is that how you really found your love of that? Or was that something that was more you and could you share that with them? How did that really go down? I think like they really, I mean, I was allowed, I knew kids who weren't allowed to watch as much TV as I was allowed to watch. So I, I know that that had something to do with it. I think like my brother and I would watch TV alone. We would watch movies alone. We loved Star Wars and stuff. Uh, well, still do. And um, like, so a lot of the particular things I watched were my own. Like, they didn't necessarily want to watch, you know, Felicity with me or anything like that. But or Dawson's Creek. But I think a love of entertainment and that kind of stuff is definitely something that they, you know, kind of instilled in us. And my brother, like. He got into theater, too, and he did. He started doing lighting design in high school, and so he went to college for lighting design. He's a lighting designer now oh, wow. and stuff. So it's like we both kind of, like, you know, went into maybe non-traditional uh, career paths or something that were definitely influenced by, like, our love of entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> stuff. Are you guys still close with your parents, and do you, what do they think of your success and everything that – you're doing now do they 
watch your videos and read your articles. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely uh, they're definitely supportive. My mom always like shares my videos on Aww. Facebook, and my dad does too and stuff. And like they're very they're very supportive. They just get I um I freelance for a job, so it's like I. I have a job right now that like ends in a couple weeks and then it's like, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing really. Like, and they, that was hard for them to get used to when I started freelancing. My brother has a full-time job, so he has like benefits and, and the All salary. That. All the stuff parents are into. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like I have like a month off from work and they're like, are you going to be okay? And I'm like, yeah. I guess so. Like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I often talk about that on this podcast a lot, that our parents first want us to be safe and then they care if we're happy and if right. we're like creatively fulfilled, which right. I guess is, is good parenting, but is can be challenging for creative people. Yeah. They just don't, they, they really were like, they just didn't understand. I mean, my mom's a teacher, so that's a very steady job. And like, especially once you get tenure and then like my dad, like always, he liked worked for the state archives and now he works for the New York city court system and stuff. So like he has a very corporate steady government jobs his whole career. So the idea of like someone hiring me for a job for like three weeks and then it's over is like completely foreign to them yeah and they're always like why don't you get a full-time job and I was like yeah that's not really how this business works but yeah. I'll try <laughs> yeah and good for you for like not succumbing to that too because I think you know with different relationships with people that they have with their parents like sometimes you're I think it's a generational thing as well because I know I relate to that a lot with with my parents because they both have worked basically the same job yeah, or actually, literally the same job for like thirty some years, and that I think was way more common in the eighties when when they were coming yeah. up. and so, and and just different fields. It's it's different, of course, but different jobs that people do. But I think to push against that and be like, no, I'm gonna do this thing that is different, and I'm gonna be okay, even though it's not the path that I saw taken in my life by other people that's like a really brave thing to do you know it sounds cheesy but I, I think it's true yeah it's it's hard too you know and it's like it's weird because I I didn't necessarily set out to I didn't know that I was going to this was what my career was going to be like I didn't know I was going to be freelancing and stuff but I remember being in high school and like when people would talk about like careers and stuff and I remember saying like I can't imagine working the same job for like 25 years like mm -hmm. I just knew that it didn't make sense to me and I, I knew that I would like need a change and like I've been lucky enough to like when I get I don't want to say bored but you know like if I'm like kind of going back to the same job for a long time like I know when I've had enough and I know when it's like time to like find something else like I my first job out of college was like at a sports morning talk show and I was like oh okay so I don't want to do this you know like I just was like oh, okay like sports isn't right for me we know that like probably a live morning show isn't right for me okay like let's find something else and so I, I do like that I can change and work on different kinds of shows uh, because yeah. I freelance you know yeah, so tell tell me a little bit more about the different shows that you've worked on and what it's like to be a TV writer and the different things that you do 
freelancing. So I guess we should take people up to what happened next because you don't live in New York anymore. You live in LA to go after career opportunities that were there. So how long have you been in LA and how does that compare to your time in New York City? And tell us a little bit about what you do now there. Yeah. Um, I moved, uh, man, four years ago, uh, like September 2012 um, to LA. And it was just kind of like my husband and I being like, oh, we both work in this business. Like we can either live in New York or we can live in Los Angeles. And like we've never lived in Los Angeles. I guess we should try. Um, And it was after spending 10 years total in New York um, from when – you know, all of college and then, um, you know, the years after college and stuff. So it was more like just a change and just like, okay, let's see if this can work. Like, and I really wasn't, I wasn't convinced I was going to like it. Like I wasn't convinced I was going to stay, but there are just, um, there are more opportunities for things that I'm interested in here. And like, it's just easier to quote unquote network and stuff. And, all those kind of things. So it's just I've found that there are more more opportunities for things that I want to do um, in Los Angeles. So even though I, I think I probably prefer living in New York, like I like L.A. and it's not it's not like a bad it's not a bad place to be, you know. Yeah. Do you get to visit New York often? Do you go back for work or for other things? For a couple of years, I had weddings going on, uh, <laughs> so I was always going back. My my brother and my dad live in the city, and like I uh, I went for work for a couple times um, for a couple jobs this year, uh, which was nice just to like be there and and like be home, quote yeah. unquote. You know, yeah. Uh, it was really nice, and I just I always want to go back. So, yeah. <laughs> do you? You said that your husband also works in the business as well. Do you guys ever work together? What does he do, and how did you guys meet? We don't. We don't work together. Um, <laughs> well, he helps me with some of my like side projects. Like he he's a video editor. Oh, cool. Um, so he helps me, you know, when I have editing questions and stuff like that. And he does these like graphics for me and things, um, which is fun. Um, but yeah, he freelances too, so it's just kind of like the same, the same thing of like, yeah. okay, well, we'll just figure out where, <laughs> where the next job is. <laughs> yeah, that's nice that you're kind of in that together and you can relate to that and yeah. feel less alone with that. Yeah, it's also like it's helpful. Like most of my friends do that too. I I actually have the least steady freelancing career of any of my close friends <laughs> so I'm always like oh yeah okay like everyone else gets jobs for like uh one of my best friends in, is an assistant editor and so she'll have a job like yeah it's kind of short it's like eight months and I was like wow that sounds great yeah. <laughs> like I always have jobs that are literally four weeks long so uh I'm always a little uh a little jealous of that kind of stuff but so tell me slash us, <laughs> I always feel weird saying that, but um, <laughs> right now just me, about some of the jobs that you've done or some of the, like, what's what's maybe, like, the one that you're the most proud of or the one that you had the most fun doing or kind of what, I know it's so different from week to week or date, month to month, but what are some of the ones that you've really enjoyed? 
Yeah. Um, I when I was first out here, a few months after I first got here, I got a job um, writing for the second season of Kathy Griffin's talk show, Kathy on Bravo, uh, which didn't end up continuing after that. But that was my that was my favorite job. Mm-hmm. It was just it was really fun just to like be creative and like be around Kathy, like someone who I like always like thought was so funny and like just to like be working directly with her and stuff and actually writing and coming up with like fun things I was like oh okay this is what I want to do this is great um and currently like I've been working at E uh for like red carpet shows and stuff so I'm getting to do a lot of that I'm writing and I get to like come up with ideas of fun games and cool. silly things to ask celebrities and stuff so it's it's the same kind of thing of just like I get to have fun and like you know think of silly things and my pop culture knowledge uh, comes in handy so <laughs> that's, that's always so cool. fun <laughs> so do you feel do you have things that you do obviously you have lots of really cool side projects that you work on as well since you have you know your freelance stuff kind of ebbs and flows and you do so many other things you write a ton for hello giggles and you make amazing videos and so much social content and podcasts so do you have as much as you can kind of a routine or anything you do to kind of keep things let like how do you handle the maybe anxiety that could come with not knowing exactly what is next for you or do you feel like you have like a temperament that really handles that well naturally for some reason I have I have lots of anxiety about lots of things but I and a lot to do with my job but I somehow can usually convince myself like you know the routine you know that you're gonna get a job it'll be okay like I'll have a few moments of panic when I don't have the next thing lined up, but like usually every other time that's happened, like something comes up. So I just kind of try to like sit there and like think logically and be like, probably something will come up. It will be okay. And like always something does and it's fine. So like when I'm off, I try to like occupy my time with videos and I tweet a lot more and like (laughs) just try to write and stuff like that um just so I don't go crazy yeah (laughs) because otherwise it's just really it's just really hard it's really daunting to just like sit around and not know like if you have a job to go to soon or anything like that yeah for sure so with writing do you have any specific routines or writing tips and like when you sit down to write like an article for hello giggles or something else can you take us through like when you get the idea to like the inception of that to the execution and and kind of like what that looks like I'm fascinated by people's process with that I mean I usually any process I have for writing is like I make some stupid note on my phone Mm -hmm. or on a notebook and then I like forget about it and then I look back at it and I'm like, oh, okay, I can do something with that. Yeah. And then like, it's just like a lot of time. If I don't have like a set deadline, I'm, I get far more distracted. So I just let, I let ideas like sit in my brain for long periods of time until like I am going crazy and I have to write it down. Yeah. Um, 
which it, I don't recommend as a thing. I think people should be more disciplined. And, you know, I do believe in the thing of like, if you want to write, you'll be writing. And that's why I try not to beat myself up about it when I like don't get a project done that I'm trying to do because like I'm like, it's just not quite right yet. Like it's not quite like in my brain yet. And I let myself think about it and I try to focus on other things. And I, I spend a lot of time like, consuming other media like Mm -hmm. just as like okay well I'm trying to work out this like let me just like watch some TV or let me read some like pilot scripts you know for shows that I love or like whatever like yeah I I don't think it's a good strategy but it's like the only thing I can do because like if I sit somewhere and I just try to stare at a page like trying to make something happen I just can't do it it's just impossible for me. I think that's actually really good advice because I think, yeah, whenever you try to force something, it isn't fun and then therefore it isn't good. And I think Tavi Gevinson wrote something once recently, maybe a long time ago. Anyway, it doesn't matter when she wrote it, but it was <laughs> it's still relevant. She, she was saying that, like, you can either when, – when you're – feeling something, you have an idea, you have a thought, or you have something that you need to process that you're anxious about, or you're just feeling feelings and you want to make art with them. Sometimes you can make art with them and then feel better, but other times you can consume art that other people have made, and that can also make you feel better. And when I heard that, that that was just like a watershed moment for me, because I was able to be like, oh, it's okay that I'm not creating with this idea that I have right now maybe I just need to consume right now and then I'll create later yeah I try to tell myself that a lot too like oh okay this is fine like this is what it's it's supposed to be you know like I I just have to I have to assume (laughs) yeah I do I do think sometimes like when I I think sometimes things that I'm most proud of like are things that I've like had the idea of for the longest but then written all at once mm-hmm. like a you know under like just intense need to write yeah so it's like I do sometimes get in those moods of like okay I can't necessarily get this out right now but one day I'll be able to do yeah it's kind of like you're pregnant with something and yeah. then like eventually it comes out like the one will rise to the top something that I really struggle with is idea overwhelm and I wanted to talk to you about this as well because you do so many different things and I find for me that I'm I tell myself I'm a good multitasker but I think that's just a lie because nobody (laughs) is but I always have a bunch of irons in the fire and so many ideas that I want to be doing and I can be really hard on myself that they're not actually coming out but do you ever struggle with that? Like, do you ever feel that idea overwhelm? How do you, something I struggle with is focus. So how do you keep yourself focused or do you, or do you just kind of let whatever is most exciting to you rise to the top? Do you have anything there? Man, I have that all the time. Okay, um, <laughs> just make me feel less alone it's then. <laughs> just, it's just constant. Um, there's this quote from Before Sunset, 
Um, I love love those movies so much. I do too. Um, But there's a quote I always think about. Um, She says like, uh, you know, I want to paint. I want to write more songs, learn Chinese, play my guitar each day. There's so many things that I want to do and I end up doing not much. Oh my God. I need to like find that meme and Instagram it like (laughs) right after this. And like I always think about that. It's just like it's always it's always in my mind. I always want to do a million things like it's also also like once the podcast happened I was like wow the podcast takes up my whole life but I love it so much like I love doing it I love that as an outlet and like I like these videos and like I'm always like okay but that's writing like I have to write this and it's like it's okay if it's like a performing thing too like that's all right like you know I just try to like I try, try to tell myself that like anything I'm doing is creative anyway like which I don't mean in a braggy way I just mean like literally like even if I'm like writing stupid jokes on Twitter like I'm doing something creative with my time even if I'm like doodling in my notebook I'm like doing something creative with my time so like I don't know I I try to be better about not beating myself up about it but it's really hard um it's really hard sometimes and I do I just get overload of like oh, yeah, maybe I want to focus on this for a little while. And, like, oh, maybe I want to do this. And so I definitely go through, like, waves of, like, doing a bunch and then, like, not doing anything and then, like, having a bunch of ideas and then not knowing quite what to do with them. And and um, I don't know. I, I do think the podcast is at least, like, a, a consistent outlet for me to at least, like, say things that are on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's the best part of that, you know, just kind of, like, chatting uh to my co-host like every week just is a helpful outlet for me yeah I think it's good to have like some of those anchors I mean I I have that too with my podcast and a couple really I guess just my podcast but I think it's the reason why I feel like it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately is because it, it just makes because I have a lot of ideas I'm you know I'm good in the ideas department but the execution is where it's more of a challenge and I can do and I can be very disciplined but I I am wondering if since I'm pulling my creativity in so many different directions where I almost am envious of people who are like have this one track of I'm going to be I'm going to play the ukulele I'm going to be the best at ukulele and like that's it and they're not trying to do yeah comedy and this and that and (laughs) improv and a podcast and like they're just like doing one thing which like nobody who plays the ukulele really just like does one thing but anyway my point (laughs) is whatever but like I think yeah I just can kind of feel like a master of none or or jack of all trades I guess where I I wonder if I was just focused on writing or if I was just focusing on like making the best podcast ever if you know, the output would be that much better. But I don't know. I, I wonder, because it kind of goes back to what you were saying about, like, working the same job if, if I would get bored and then the output wouldn't even be better. And right. I don't know. What do you think about, like, being spread thinner than or focusing if there's something better to that? Yeah, I worry about that all the time. I figure I look at people that I really admire and, like, people whose careers I really admire, and I feel like they're they always have a lot of irons in the fire. They're always doing like a lot of things. Yeah. So, and I think it's maybe a product of like our world right now or something where like you just, you just do that. Like you just have a lot of, yeah, I don't know. But like, 
And it's not in a, like, I get down about L.A. sometimes because I feel like everyone is trying to do everything. And I, it feels very overwhelming sometimes because, like, it's very easy to look at people and, like, look at social media in particular and, like, feel like everyone is doing so much more than you are. Yeah. And so I, mean, I always. everywhere, too. Yeah. I always feel like I'm not doing enough. Um and then I, I try to tell myself that I'm actually doing things or like people will tell me that I'm actually doing things and I just don't buy it because I see other people and I'm like, I don't know, they're doing like a lot. I'm not doing anything, you know? Yeah, it's all relative though because it's so crazy yeah. because I look at you and I'm like, oh my God, she's killing it. She's so cool. And then, you know, I think we all kind of have different levels of that and then you get to yeah. another level and you're like, oh my gosh, I, you know, it's just constantly growing I guess yeah yeah I get into a lot of like oh no why am I not making a web series <laughs> like yeah. oh no why am I not doing this you know it's um uh, it's very it's very difficult sometimes it's very hard and that's what I, I think what I mean about LA is just like I never felt like I was I never felt in New York like I was surrounded by people who were doing trying to do the same stuff I was yeah. doing and so the double-edged sword of L.A. is that you are constantly surrounded by people who are doing the exact same thing as you and have the same aspirations. And it's just like, oh, well, can we all do this? Like, And you sometimes feel like that. You like, you feel like, I don't know, I guess we can't. Like, I guess there can only be one. But it's like, that's not true. There's like a million TV shows on right now. There's a million people, you know, doing stuff that they love. And like, I think it really just comes down to like, where the desire for what you're doing comes from. I think that I see a lot of people and I mean, I don't, I'm not inside their heads, but it, it feels like they're doing things just because that's what they think they should be doing or what they think their aspirations are supposed to be. And so I try to take stock of myself and be like, are you doing something that you just enjoy? Like, and like my stupid videos get like very few views on YouTube but like I like doing them a lot like so it's like I thank you <laughs> like so I keep doing it because I'm like I know a couple people like this yes, I know I like happy. this across like, the country there's a girl alone in her apartment <laughs> watching them and smiling you. <laughs> you know like so it's a I don't know it's just kind of like you have to assume it's for a reason like you know you want something you want to express something and it's got to be beneficial. Yeah. If it's beneficial to you, it's probably beneficial to someone else. Um, and that's what I try to, I try to tell myself and I try to focus on, I think yeah, more totally. than anything else. <laughs> There's this great David Bowie quote where he talks about how work should be selfish and that I wish I knew the quote right now, but basically the, the premise is kind of that exact point you were making that if it's fun for you to make it, then it that is the kind of work that is good for the greater good you know don't try to make things that you think will help people or elizabeth gilbert talks about this in her book big magic have you read that one no i haven't it's it's really good it's about creativity i feel like you'd really like it i loved it but it's a it's like a quick read but anyway she talks a lot about that point of don't try to make things to help people. Don't try to write a book that will help people. Write something that will help you, and by default, it will probably bring joy to someone or help someone, but everything kind of goes awry when people start trying to help people with their creative work. That's what like nurses and doctors need to do, but with creativity, it needs to come through you as 
like something that is beneficial to you and a byproduct is that it could help people potentially. So I don't know. I, I just related to that a lot. And then I also just try to like remind myself that there's time and that I can focus on one thing at a time and yeah. that, you know, it's funny because I connected with you through our mutual friends, Deanna and Emily past yeah. podcast guests on this podcast for everyone listening and hosts of OMFG, which I heard was basically your idea. So congratulations on that. <laughs> yeah, they told me I inspired uh, their podcast to begin, which I like. <laughs> that is amazing. So yeah, congratulations. But also that, I mean, I love that podcast as much as the next guy and I got to be on it, which is amazing. But I found myself and I was listening every week. And this is something I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, which is age when it comes to your business. Um, because it's something when I would listen every week and listen to these under 25 year olds and <laughs> having these like amazing careers or being child actors or whatever, I kept being like, oh my God, they're so accomplished. And I'm like aging out of this demographic. And what have I yeah. done today? <laughs> you know? So I, I think it's, you know, you've got to kind of, it's that comparison thing, which, which, you know, is terrible and social media really intensifies. But I thought it was really interesting in the last episode. I love your perspective on all of that. And I thought, that we could talk about something that you brought up and that I made a note of in the last episode or one of the last episodes of, of your podcast, which I want to get into and, and talk all about in a second as well. But you had Deanna and Emily on your podcast and something that you guys brought up a little bit with around career stuff was that feeling of in your field that being younger is an asset to women, mm -hmm. but not as much to men and kind of how there was a double standard there. So I asked like kind of five questions in there, but can you talk about age a little bit and, and all of that? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I just turned a new age, so it's like fresh on my mind. Um, <laughs> good. <laughs> Timely. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, um, I do, I do, I, I think it's hard sometimes, um, because I think there's an expectation that like, oh, you should be young and then we will like your ideas but like also we won't really take you seriously but like oh if you're old then your ideas are worthless <laughs> but like I'm like okay well what should I do then like yeah, what age should I be yeah. like I don't get it and I, I think the answer is there's no right age to be um, like it's weird it's weird for me because especially when I do social media jobs or like just knowing pop culture like I am very up to date on pop culture. I'm very up to date on internet culture. Um, there's obviously stuff that I, I don't know that is like a younger millennial thing, but um, I qualify as an older millennial and I think I identify as that because I'm, I'm, I'm always up to date on stuff, but I, I don't think that's going to change. I don't think I'm going to turn an age where like I'm not consuming a lot of media and I'm not, you know, like this mm -hmm. is just my personality. So I don't think like I'm going to be 50 and be like, oh, now I'm an old lady and I don't know anything. Like I think I'll always have that personality and kind of be like involved in the kind of stuff that I like. So it's like it's weird for me because I'm like, who cares what age I am? You know, like why does that matter? Um, and actually, you know, this is a separate issue sort of, but it's like I saw a posting for like uh, a female host for, you know, a, a kind of like video like commentary show. And one of the note the, the notes on the posting said, uh, cannot be older than 29. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, wait, why though? Like, 
I, I just turned 32, right? And I'm like, why? Why can't I be 32 and do yeah. this? I know, I know all that stuff that you guys are talking about. Like, yeah. and also to a larger point, like, and this is to this is an Aaron specific thing, but I'm like, I don't think if you put me on camera, people are going to be like, I think that person's older than 29. Yeah, I was going to say you look very, <laughs> very young, and you're so cool that. That, that's like a movie waiting to happen, like waiting to be written of like you wanting to get this job and like not writing the the wrong age and like some, I don't know. I can just, you know, being really great. It's so silly to me. And I don't, so I don't, I, I had this conversation with some female friends of mine a few years ago, even. And like one of my friends was saying that she doesn't tell people her age. She straight up does not tell people her age um, because of this. And I was like, man, I don't want to do that. Like, that's stupid. Like, I don't want to lie about my age. But I, I absolutely do that. I, I, dodge, I dodge direct questions about my age. I'm always like, oh, why? How old do you assume I am? You know, like, yeah. around what age do you think I am? Oh, 27? Sure. You know, like, because it it's, the per- it's the perception that matters anyway. Like, if someone's asking you that question, they – care about the perception so I'm like well what age do you perceive me to be oh late 20s okay fine then I guess that's what age I am because that's all that matters you know like it, it doesn't matter what literal age I am like who cares like I know about pop culture I know about what's going on like you know so and also to the same point it's like well what does it matter if someone is just 25 like do they are they better for this like is that a better, is that a better move? Like, why don't you just think about what kind of person you need? It's just very, it's very frustrating. It's very weird. And I hate that I sit around thinking like, oh, I could easily be my brother's age. I could easily lie and pretend to be my brother's age because like, I know the pop culture references to be his age. I know his birth year, our birthdays are very close. It'd be a very easy transition. (laughs) For me to make, you know, like it'd be an easy lie to tell. And it's like, what is the point? Like, why do I, why do I even think I have to do that? Yeah. Like, why is that something that's on my mind? And I, I, I hate it. And it's nothing new. It's, it's stuff that we're always thinking about, but you know, it's, um, it's frustrating. I don't know. I think it's just it's, very frustrating. It's good to make a, oh, it sounds so silly, but to like be the age that you're, you are as a, statement like as like a political statement just like you know I think I talk we talk a lot about body image on this show too and about like being the size you are naturally as a political statement you know which isn't fun necessarily but I think is important and I think is important for women I think the other thing with the age conversation is just I I've gotten to a point recently where I'm doing things and I've been doing things for for a long time but I was always when I would do something or write something I I always felt like I was not like a prodigy but I was just kind of in this in this age where I was like you know young too not too young but I was like on the young end of the things that I was creating whereas now I'm like oh, I'm just, like, the normal age to be where I am yes. supposed to be. I'm not on the young end anymore. And I think that's kind of a a moment that happens in your 20s and, and whenever that you just are like, oh, I'm just – it's not an anomaly that I'm doing this thing. I'm just doing it at the normal age that people right. do this thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> totally, 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 totally. And, like, body image is wrapped up in that too, though. You know, like, 
with that age stuff because it's like it's like I don't know it's just it's all connected it's just it's all that stuff of like it's hard to be a woman (laughs) I think body image obviously is hard for everyone and um, I do think it's worse on me in LA than it ever used to be in New York but I think also I got a lot of like uh, sneaky exercise when I lived in New York that I I don't get in LA like I'm not walking 10 miles a day anymore Um, but I also it's funny because I even from when I was in like high school I was like man I feel like if we all were truthful about our weights everyone would feel better because I feel like people are always women are always lying about their weight and I think it makes you feel like oh my god everyone weighs 119 like Mm -hmm. how is that possible like I don't weigh that and like no everyone doesn't weigh 119 like or better yet if you just didn't have scales and weigh ourselves like animals you know if we just were like this is Body diversity exists, and thank God it does because it would be so boring if it didn't. <laughs> but the media only shows us primarily one body shape right. over and over again, so we idealize that one body shape, and everyone tries to be like that when in reality there's so many different sizes and shapes. Totally, totally. Well, and then it's the whole issue of like, oh, it's brave if someone, if uh, one person like gets naked but it's like slutty if someone else does and it's just based on weight and what your body looks like and it's like wait well that's messed up like why (laughs) like what is that you know it's um it's very it's very strange I don't know what has been helpful for you because I don't work in the entertainment industry or or live in LA but obviously and this isn't like a shocker but body image issues are prevalent everywhere in in the world but what is something for you that helps you when you're having you know like what I call like a bad body image moment so you don't turn it into a bad body image like day or week or it like completely (laughs) takes you out like what are there things that you remember or things that you do to kind of get you out of your head with that or do you have any like tips with that? Man, honestly, what I do is I text my best friend. She lives in New York, um, the one who loves rent and made me that oh, cross stitch. Cool. Uh, we, we the Roger uh, we, to your mark. Yeah, we te- we text each other. We'll we'll just be like, we just make jokes about it. We text each other and are feeling down, and we send pictures of each other um, to the other just to be like you know reassure get some reassurance and be like okay I am being crazy like this doesn't make me look fat okay great like I don't look disgusting right now my face isn't weird like just those normal uh, insecurities that everyone has like day to day like we try to like help each other uh just mostly by making fun of it and mostly by being like oh I feel awful today um because it really it really does affect everything sometimes it really is it's really like pervasive at times, you know, and you're just like, Oh, I can feel my stomach now. Yeah. Like this is disgusting. And like, but then you're like, Nope, it's okay. I'm actually just a human person. And yeah. like, it's fine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. I think that's such a great tip for people to hear because I think two things that you do feeling less alone by like reaching out to somebody else is so helpful. And then laughing about it is so helpful because it really is so silly that we're just, we can feel so out and down about this 
thing that we're exactly like we're just a human and I, I know that I've had so many days, and I've, I've talked about this before on the podcast too, but like I'm feeling completely wonderful and great about myself in the morning when I get dressed, and then like some weird look in a window at lunch, and then I yep. like feel like I've easily gained 20 pounds like between that time. But there's yep. no way that I even look <laughs> any different, but I somehow feel completely different. And I think it's in those instances especially, it's so important to have – support and people that you can just like be really real with and be like this is what I'm feeling uh let's laugh about this help me you know totally 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 yeah it's um it's the only way yeah (laughs) it's just like the only way it's the only way to get through it because it's so stupid sometimes you know and it's just it's just it's just dumb and like I also try to I try to make sure that I can surround myself with people who don't bring me down in that way because there are some people who just are very focused on on that and very very focused and like if someone who's like a lot skinnier than you are is like expressing concern over eating something that you're eating like that can really take a toll on you you know like if I hear someone who like like is just a lot smaller than I am just naturally like not eat a cookie like I feel like oh god well they must think I'm a horrible pig because I'm eating this you know I know I'm so susceptible to to all of that thing and I don't yeah have the answer but I know that it can be I guess it's just kind of my mom would always say like concern yourself with you you know yeah 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 it's it's so challenging you know I'm I'm I on my episode, actually, with Emily and, and Deanna, we, we talked about this stuff, and and Emily was saying how when she, like, goes out to eat, she kind of always wants to know what the other person's ordering, and she's like, well, if they're going with mac and cheese, I'm going to do that, but if they're getting a yes. salad, I don't want to get mac and cheese, or, you know, and yes. just, like, it's so silly that, that, that we have all these hang-ups with food and with our bodies, but... They're so there, and and they can even – and this is something that I just thought of now that I think would be interesting to ask you. Do you ever find – because I've gone through, I hate to say it, periods with this, with media that I love and and content that I love that I just – I've never really articulated this before, but I feel like – susceptible to it taking me out from like a body image perspective because everybody on the show is like – I want to be, like, I want to be Rachel, you know, but I don't yeah. have Rachel's body type on Friends, or I want to be Felicity, or whatever. I so identify with these characters that I love so much, and sometimes I can, you know, look at it as not that, of course, and just, like, love it as media, but then there's there's other times where I feel like I do have to kind of shield myself from media in some way, because there's not, you know, every body shape being represented or I want to, I so identify with these characters. So I start to identify with their size and I find, or or I just like watch it and enjoy it. And I find myself wanting to change my body after watching it. Is that something that, that you find? And do you see a solution other than what's starting to happen with more body diversity, but so slowly? I know. I think that's the only answer. I get that. I get that all the time. One of the one one of my biggest problems with that actually is that um, starting in like 2007 I started having a celebrity doppelganger and that is Emma Roberts and I hear almost every day that hey has anyone ever told you you look like Emma Roberts and in my head I'm like 
Yeah, I do know that we look vaguely similar. However, she is literally half my body size. <laughs> and like it it and I always make that comment afterwards. I mean, besides the fact that I need to change my material, like it it like it it's it's on my mind. I look at pictures of her and I'm like, "Wow, you are so thin. I'm literally like a fat twin to you." Like and I don't feel fat normally, but I'm like, "Oh my god, like this is right. so weird. We have very similar faces." but our bodies are so different and like that's actually been the thing the past few years that's been like the hardest in a weird way is just like oh god you kind of look like me but super thin like I I know that that's not my body shape like okay what am I supposed to do about that you know like okay I guess I'll just I'll just try to ignore it you know I think doppelganger or not, it's so easy to, I've, I've done that so many times where like, there's been so many silly things like that where I'll be having like a fantastic hair day or something and someone (laughs) compares my hair to Blake Lively and I'm like, oh my gosh, well, I don't look like her in any other way, but I want to. So then it's like, or, you know, a different celebrity that I just think is really beautiful and awesome and cool and I want to be like them in other ways and I kind of compromise how I am naturally as and I think we do this not just with celebrities but I know I find I do this with like people that I have in my life that I have like a person crush on and I start to take their mannerisms or their one-liners or their you know we just kind of it's like the sum of the you become the sum of the five people you spend the most time with but I feel like in some ways that can be good but in other ways we sacrifice like our individuality and, and who we are as people to because we want to be more like the people we admire so I don't yeah. know I guess there's like some balance of like being inspired and, and taking some of that and then also just becoming more of ourselves because I think that's the goal period is just to become more of ourselves and like show yes. more of ourselves in the world I don't yeah know. yeah I agree with that for sure yeah I don't know. I think that's always the the challenge is to become okay with wherever we are, whatever age we are, whatever body size we are. And I don't know. I like to think when I'm having a bad body image moment or I'm comparing myself, which is really when it comes up the most, and I'll just be like, you know what? I don't have to look at myself I'm just a pair of eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and if right. my like hair is really frizzy, or I have like a pimple or something, or like I feel like I'm bloated, I can just be like, well, I can just watch really beautiful people. <laughs> and, yeah, and I don't have to. I don't have to deal with it. But anyway, so speaking of watching beautiful people, can we talk a little bit about the show Friends? Because yes. I'm a Friends head <laughs> as well, and. I love your podcast so much and I would like to hear a little bit more about your relationship to the show and how the idea for the podcast came up. So for the people listening, Erin is one of the co-hosts of the amazing podcast, Best of Friends, and I would love if you could actually tell people the premise of it and how it came to be. Yeah, sure. Um, I I love Friends. Uh, It's just, you know, one of my favorite shows. And it, it has been since it was on. You know, I was very young when it started, but I was always watching it. Um, but uh, my we used to have a third co-host, actually, uh, my friend Krista Doyle. And she had the idea for starting a Friends podcast. And um, she just wanted to. And she and 
I and our friend Jamie um, from the internet, <laughs> we all met on Twitter. Um, we ended up starting it. And so Krista actually moved to Austin. Um, so she left the podcast earlier this year. So now it's just me and Jamie, and um, who is a, a man. And we go through every episode of the show. Um, we do two episodes of Friends for each episode of the podcast and just talk about it and we we always end up talking more about like our lives or life in general or relationships or anything like that more than (laughs) necessarily the show but it's it's ultimately about uh friends and about those characters and just we both love the show so it's not even like he hates it and i love it like we just we both love it and it's just great and we know every episode so well and it's um it's been very interesting to go back and actually like analyze each episode of friends which i've never really done like i i would always watch it it just in a row i would always sit down and i would watch like eight episodes in a row and then like fall asleep or go to bed or whatever you know so like sitting down and actually like looking at the structure of the episode and thinking about the jokes and thinking about what episodes i actually don't really like and what ones i really love um has been very very interesting um to see yeah, it's really cool because your writers and your TV writers to hear you guys discuss the shows because for me as someone who is not familiar with with that at all as a career and as, you know, what happens behind the scenes of that, it's so fascinating to hear shows that I know so well and I'm not rewatching them along with you, but I know exactly what episode you're talking about and I can visualize yeah. everything as soon <laughs> as I hear it and I to hear about the episode structure and the arc and the way that the jokes are it's so fascinating and it 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 never gets old so it's it's really cool thanks no it's really it's fun because you realize you start I'm no I'm no tv scholar but I watch a lot of tv um but I don't necessarily like analyze it all the time like stuff that I really love I don't really think about it just kind of like it just kind of happens in my brain and I know every line and like especially something I've been watching for so much of my life like I I just had never really considered like oh this episode is better because of the story structure this episode is worse because of the story you know like I, I wasn't ever really considering those things and then I realized very plainly like oh yeah this episode is just worse like you know the jokes are still okay but like the story doesn't make any sense and it doesn't feel right for the characters and like you realize that that's that's what's good and I think I think it's making me a better writer I think it's like it's it's making it uh better for me to like look at story and look at comedy in that way yeah no that's in a really in a really dorky way yeah (laughs) what a fun like my favorite thing is when like, I would love this even in school when I was assigned something that I actually enjoyed reading or I was doing something that I had to do for school or for credit, but I actually enjoyed the content. And in work, it's the same thing. Like, when I am doing this podcast and I'm preparing and, like, right now, like today, it was my job, sort of, to consume all of your content for this podcast episode and it was so much fun because it's something I would want to do anyway and I just there's nothing better when you have a reason or an excuse to do something that you would want to do anyway in your free time and I just think that's like when a job and or a creative thing like becomes really 
groovy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely true. Yeah. I, I find that when I if I if I get genuinely excited about something, it's of course easier. And that's at my like paying job and at like my non paying jobs that I do yeah. uh frequently. You know, like um it, it's just it's 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 always gonna be better. And I think I think that's sort of what I was talking about with um where the desire for your creative endeavors comes from. Like I think when it comes from a genuine place of just being something that you're, you know, passionate about, like that's when it's the best. And so I do think that like sometimes you see, I mean, I, I have a lot of friends who are doing the same thing or like, I know a lot of people kind of socially who are doing like very similar things to me, but like, I think you can tell when it's, when it's coming from a pure joy of doing it and when it's something that someone is trying to force because they think that they should be a certain way. Yeah. Like I, I think it, you can tell in any, you know, art form not to sound too self-important, but like you can, you can tell if it's coming from a real place or not. Yeah. You can sense something that's not genuine from a mile away. And yeah, I think in whatever field really. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, two questions about friends. So do you, you guys are still pretty low in the seasons, but do you know once you get through all the episodes, if you guys will still talk about friends in a different way, or I guess you have a long time to discuss that, but have you thought about it? Yeah, I think we're going to finish. We're, we're almost at the end of season seven right now. So I think we're going to finish next year because there's 10 seasons. So our plan currently is to go right into Joey. Um, which had two seasons. Um, I hear the second season is hard to come by, so I don't know how we're going to find that necessarily, but we want to at least cover the, uh, the short lived friends spinoff, um, a little bit. Have you watched then, it the first time? No, I've Me actually neither. never seen it. I, I, I think I, I definitely watched the first episode, but yeah, especially same. at that time I was like, Oh, I don't care about Joey. Yeah. <laughs> like who we were cares? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, definitely wasn't like a fan of that or anything so it'll be interesting to watch but we've toyed with the idea of like going into another tv show since we we like a lot of the same sitcoms and stuff and like we always we always bring up happy endings which is another favorite of ours and very similar to friends very much like a reaction to friends so uh we always toy with the idea of kind of going into that and having best of friends just be referring to us rather yeah. than the show yeah, yeah, I love that so we'll we'll see what we end up doing but I think Jamie and I really like working together and we we like having an excuse to get together and do these podcasts so I think we'll we'll want to keep doing it uh for as long as we can till cool. we get sick of each other or something Phew, that like gives me peace of mind that's not going anywhere. <laughs> so thank you. Do you no problem. This might be a spoiler alert to the next three seasons that you have to go through, but just off the top of your head, do you have a Friends episode or moment or line that is just your all-time favorite that comes to mind today? Um, I always, my, man, my, I think probably favorite episode is um, the one where no one's ready. It's like a oh, yep. season three. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to Ross's thing. Yeah, yeah. They're going to an event for Ross. It's a bottle episode, and it ends with – they're just really great Rachel moments. I, I found that I I always thought I was Monica, and in rewatching the show, I'm like, oh, I'm completely Rachel. Like, I just am the same. Just kind of like 
I don't know, confused. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not quite as mean as Monica, even though I'm very organized. Like, just, I'm just very Rachel. She has funny reactions to things and, like, is just kind of silly and, like, she has that great moment in the one where no one's ready where, like, she's mad at Ross because he's just yelled at her and she just gets changed into, like, a Nick sweatshirt and is just very, like, I'm going to catch up on my correspondence. Yes. Like, that is, like, yeah, like, that's how I want to be. And also, like, I love mint green and the outfit that she wears at the end of that episode is mint green. And I'm like, yeah. There's a choker involved. Yeah. It's like, might also be mint green. Oh, it's just so great. The whole the whole episode is so great. Oh, um, so great. I'm like craving that episode now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just always that is the one I think of. Obviously, I really love the one with the embryos, which is the one with the um, oh yeah trivia contest. Like their trivia game yeah. about each other is Where so fun. The lightning round comes yes. in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but man, I just I I I love it, and it's like as a result of the podcast of course like everyone always wants to ask me about friends and someone was like do you get bored getting talking about friends and I was like no obviously not like I was always talking about friends for my whole life you know like I just now have an outlet for it so I'm like that's amazing delighted to talk about it uh if anyone's ever willing to listen you know it's like yeah this is fine yeah I could I could talk about it all day too I oh that's so cool is there like a line or a joke that sticks out to you as a favorite it's always it always just comes up naturally like it's like always just a word association like something will happen and then that'll remind me of friends yeah, totally. and I I don't have like a go-to one that I I pull out when I get at you know like I don't ha- I can't think of anything right now but it's like I just there are lots of moments like that that always yeah, for sure always come out to me Somebody was talking about something last night, and it made me think of when Ross is talking about, like, New Year's resolutions. Oh, that was, we were talking randomly about New Year's resolutions, even though it's, like, nowhere near. And he was saying, you know, my thing is no divorces in 99. And then someone's like, isn't your divorce not final? He's like, just the one divorce in 99. (laughs) For whatever reason, that line is like, I'm a huge favorite for me I love that one well actually the only thing that I thought of just now but I don't really reference it a lot is um or I guess I do but (laughs) that it's like a very late episode when uh Joey and Rachel are dating and Ross the one where Ross is fine where he's making fajitas (laughs) and he just gets drunk and he's like I'm okay I'm making fajitas and like his voice gets all squeaky (laughs) yeah I always I always think about that I I talk on the show a lot about how um I like hate Ross at the beginning I think he's just so terrible to Rachel and he's just like so annoying but like once he makes that switch and just becomes crazy, like, I love him. Like, it's just, he's, he just, like, entertains me so much. He's so ridiculous. He's so weird. Like, I just, I find him very amusing. And, like, that is, like, peak yeah. Ross. Like, between Pivot, Pivot. and, like, oh, Fajitas. My Fajitas! Like, I just, I, it, it always makes me laugh. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, you're this. I just thought of this, and you're probably the only person that will appreciate this. But when I was maybe like ten or twelve years old, middle school seems about right. I was in like a summer day camp, and there was another kid in the day camp my age, 
kind of cute, but like not really that cute, that I totally had a huge crush on simply because his name was Ross. <laughs> and I never <laughs> met another person my age that name was Ross. And I was like, I just want to marry this person because <laughs> that will make me Rachel. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That's like, so funny. By the transitive property, I will become Jennifer Aniston if I date this person. So Totally. Anyway. Well, that's that's part of it, too. I mean, gosh, I just... I just love Jennifer Aniston so much and like I will just watch her do anything like I I just I just adore her she actually had a great I'm sure you read it but a great article on the Huffington Post about recently about aging and body image and being a woman and it was so well written and and so great did you see that yeah 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 I was she's so great no I just I just love her I um I just love her. <laughs> yeah. Do you have? A, do you love a lot of the other like movies she's done, or have any favorite things that she's done since Friends? Yeah, you know, I um, God, that why is this going to be the thing that I'm going to say? But the thing I'm going to say is that I always really love her in Office Space. Oh yeah. Um, I just I think it's really funny, and my uh, my header on MySpace the entire time I was on MySpace. Uh, you could put like a little quote next to your face mm-hmm. and the whole time I was on MySpace my quote was I don't really like talking about my flair which is a line that she says in office space because she works at like a TJ Friday's knockoff and she has to wear all these buttons oh, and stuff nice. and like so I just I, I really love her in that I also really loved We're the Millers <laughs> which is that movie that she did oh, recently yeah. with also Emma Roberts um, oh. and Jason Sudeikis and stuff and um I I just loved her in that and there's like they do like a blooper moment at the end where the radio is in the movie is supposed to play Waterfalls by TLC <laughs> but there's like an outtake at the end and they play the Friends theme song and oh so my all, gosh. all the cast members are singing it and she's just like shaking her head and like puts her head in her hand. That's so funny. Oh it's, my gosh, I love things like that. It's just delightful. I am such a sucker for like a blooper reel. Like, yeah. I just will watch those forever and just laugh and just be like, they're my best friend. I <laughs> like, love that. I want to watch that movie now. I got to see it. It's so great. It's so great. So do you have, what are some other shows that are comfort shows to the level of friends other than happy endings anything else that you could return to a lot and, and talk about a bunch yeah um the thing that i have paused on my tv right now is 30 rock which i rewatch uh just constantly it's like i'm back up to season six there are seven seasons and i just finished a rewatch of 30 rock like a month and a half ago like it's just like i constantly am watching 30 Rock, Bob's Burgers, like, just always. I I have, like, a weird, like, obsessive thing where, like, I don't think that I, like, know a show until I know it as well as, like, Friends or something, you know? So, like, I will just, if I like something, I will just rewatch it until it's, like, ingrained in me the way that was. I love that. It's so stupid, but can't help it. I love it. (laughs) So, okay, I have, like, 10 million more things that I want to ask you, but it's already been, like, so long, so I'm going to do these as, like, kind of quick fire. Okay. As, well, no, as 
The lightning round. <laughs> the lightning round! <laughs> I can't really do a Ross, but everyone can imagine. Or maybe I can splice that in like you guys do for this one episode. Duh. <laughs> okay, so why did you want to use podcasting as your method of, of talking about friends? Do you love listening to podcasts? Do you have any favorite podcasts? I actually got into podcasts as a result of starting a podcast. I didn't listen to that many, and now I listen to um, 100,000 podcasts um, because I really like the medium. Uh, It just seemed like an easy – it seemed in a cocky way like an easy way to talk about friends, and then obviously I realized like, oh, this is very time-consuming and like hard to do right. So we we definitely had like a rocky uh, start. What are some um, I of love. Your... Okay, I love. I love everything on um, Gimlet Media. Um, so I love like Reply All and Surprisingly Awesome and all of those shows. Um, and that's the network that you guys are on, right? No, we're on um, Headgum. Oh. oh, that's right. We're this on is, Headgum. This is a Headgum podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what does that really yeah. mean? Can you t- tell me a little bit about podcasting networks? Like, what is the the value to that do they just kind of help you with production yeah they help us they they help us host our podcast and they get us sponsors and um you know it's it's another person promoting it it's another avenue promoting it which is always helpful cool um and those guys are cool it's fun all the gimlet podcasts are really cool now that i'm thinking about it there's a lot of um ones that i listen to on on that network too but you were start i interrupted you but what were some of your other favorites there in general? Um, I really like um, You Must Remember This. Uh, it's a podcast about um, like old Hollywood stories. I got into it by oh, listening yeah. to a, a series she did on Manson, on the Manson murders. Um, and then I just listened to the whole thing. It's really, it's really fascinating. It's really well done. Um, and I also really love How Did This Get Made? Yeah. Uh, which is Paul Shear and Jason Mansukas and June Diane Raphael. And um, I just, I really love that show. It's so good. So what are all of your thoughts and feelings on social media? Do you ever feel overwhelmed by it or conflicted by it? What are some of your favorite ways to use it? I know it's kind of a big question, but. I feel overwhelmed by it constantly. Um, but it's also like one of my favorite things. Yeah, uh, same. That like <laughs> sums up my exact emotions about it. You know, um, I'm constantly overwhelmed by it. Um, I always had like live journal and Zanga and stuff. So like this just seemed so natural. Like it was just a natural progression for me. Like, oh, of course this is what I'm into. Um, and I think it's weird. I think it's hard sometimes, um, or confusing for people who know me in real life or know me from high school or something. Like I, I think I, I share just enough that people think that everything is real. And like often I'm making jokes and sometimes that is confusing, uh, to my friends from high school and, you know, or my friends from anything, my friends who I don't, I have a lot of friends from social media, so I know that they get it. But like sometimes I think to my friends who don't use social media as intensely as I do, it's confusing that I'm like making jokes all the time. Like they're like, wait, did you really like do this thing that you said? And I was like, well, kind of, but like, you know, it's a joke. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that's a little, that's hard, but social media is very overwhelming, uh, for lots of reasons. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder 
it's something that going back to kind of what we were talking about before about age, I I was just talking with a friend about this and I'd love your thoughts on this too. I wonder because, you know, we grew up having social media around and like feel very comfortable with it, but there will be a time where I'm sure there'll be more social media or I think the younger millennials have a different relationship with it than we do. And I, I'm often curious of, of how that age divide or that generation divide will be where it will almost be like kind of like with hipster culture of like going back to basics where social media will be like, I, I don't know, I just have these visions of like young kids being like, oh, social media is so uncool and like the parents yeah. being like <laughs> obsessed with their phones and them being like, let's garden and like you yeah, use yeah, our yeah. hands, you know, and like crochet. So I don't know. I, <laughs> do you ever think about if technology will make the divide bigger than it is like now with our parents because at least with our parents like they're having to kind of use it in some way even if it's not in the same way yeah that's interesting my my I will say that like both my parents have Facebook pages and like my dad has always been very on the internet like he has always run a website and he had internet friends before I did and I didn't understand that. I was like, how do you know this person? Oh, from my website. And I'm like, but like, what? Like, we're just going to go visit them? Like, right. and now I do that all the time. Right. I'm like, yeah, I'm meeting up with my internet friend. Like, like, so it, it is funny. I do wonder if that'll affect uh, the generation below us or anything. Yeah. It's funny because also I remember a couple years ago, like everyone being like, oh, teenagers aren't on Facebook. But like now teenagers are on Facebook still. Like I know that like, you know, teens love like Snapchat more or Instagram, but like teenagers are still using Facebook. Like it's not just old people. So it's like it is funny. Like I, I think there was like a, a worry of like, oh, yeah, all the kids are on this other form of the Internet. But it's like I think we're all still on the same place. Yeah. I think we're all still on the same social media f- platforms for now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just really interesting to think about. That's really cool that your dad was game with that and understood that because that's something that the generational divide. Now, finally, my mom's, like, come around to the fact that I'll, like, fly across the country to meet people that I've <laughs> met on the internet. But it was, like, so, like, how do you know this person? They could be a serial killer. Yeah. Like, what is happening here? And, I mean, I totally get that. I was crossing the border to visit friends in Toronto, and they were like, what are you doing? I was like, visiting friends. And they're like, how'd you meet these friends? And I was like, oh, you know, through my podcast, through my blog. Like, really excited. Right. And they're like, pardon what like I was totally red flagged and it was like became this thing and like future reference where people just like say you met them through mutual friends but I didn't think about that and it, it yep. is kind of a, a odd generational thing so yeah anyway, it's fun to kind of think about I guess yeah I've always I've always kind of benefited from the fact that my parents were pretty young when they had me so like they're always a little more like hip to things than like my friends parents were um that's always that's always helped me. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. always made transitions of things easier. Like they understand things a little more. Yeah, that's that's great. So, something else that we kind of mentioned and, and glossed over, but you are married and have been married for a while. What is your greatest lesson that you've learned about marriage or relationships? Oh my God, I don't know. I feel like I don't know anything. You know, it's like it's um, <laughs> it's like it's so hard and like good and it's like very 
it's very hard. You become like part of a, a little team, you know, like you, you become part of like part of a little team, just like trying to figure out life. And it's like, it's, um, there's a good actual friends quote about it where Monica is talking to Chandler and she's like, we don't have, we don't have a perfect relationship and like, and it's not easy, but like we work at it, you know, yeah. like just kind of that idea of like, Oh well, you, we're, no. We're, I don't think we're perfect for each other. Like we have to work at it, and it's a choice you have to make. You know, you have to decide if that's what you want to do or not. Yeah. Um, and I've always taken that more as my relationship advice than anything that I could ever come up with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Did you, have you been married for a long time? Did how did you guys meet? Uh, yeah, we met in college, um, junior year of college. So we've known each other for a very long time. Um. And, uh, yeah, we moved out here four years ago, and we've been married almost six years. Oh, wow. Cool. Very cool. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so another thing that is really cool about you is that you have super awesome style. And you... Thank you. It's so <laughs> you, and I just love how you, like, express yourself through that. So... And I think it's really cool when people's style reflects on the outside who they are on the inside. And, and I think yours does that so well. So what have you always been like that? Have you always been able to express who you were on the inside on the outside? Or is that something that has evolved with you? Uh, if you look at pictures of me as a child until I was 10, uh, I dressed exactly the same. Uh, it was like always just like it, you know it's like the 90s so it's like I'm wearing like very like like matching bright colors and stuff and like my socks matched my shorts or whatever you know okay, like okay. I was it was always very a very clear line but I um I I started to get like teased for my clothes a lot like in fifth grade and so for all of middle school and then it persisted into high school and college I I was less sure of myself and less willing to try things and wear whatever I wanted um and it was it's like sad it's like a bummer mm -hmm. <laughs> but I've eventually gotten over it and there was also a problem like uh, starting in the workforce and stuff like I felt like especially because I look kind of young and people thought I was an intern even when I was like working full-time and I was like 25 like I would always try to dress a little more professionally than I do now just because I wanted to be taken seriously and I wanted to be like, I am a grown up and now I'm kind of over that too. And I'm just like, okay, I'll just dress however I want. Um, so it's like a funny thing of like, uh, like the style that I have is just, it's just what happens when I'm just like, Oh, let me wear what I want. Yeah. Uh, which is good. And I think is a good rule of thumb for most of us just oh wear what wear whatever you want yeah and I think that's why we happy. admire it because it's something that like we were talking about to tie this up with a bow to go back to what we were talking about before with creativity when you're doing it for you it that's why people admire it and that's why yeah you know people admire your style which is so great yeah, so thank you. these are the actual quick fire questions. So just say the first things that that come to mind. These ones are like a, some of them are a little bit quicker, hopefully. Okay. Um, I just feel bad. I'm like taking you so much of your time and no, like, I'm great. Thirty rock episodes. <laughs> no, that no. You could have been watching, but that's okay. <laughs> so favorite color? Uh, well, 
I just died. Um, <laughs> probably mint green. Oh yeah, we already talked about that. Favorite day of the week? Huh? Wednesday. I thought you were gonna say Thursdays because when I remember watching Friends when it was actually on, it was on Thursday. <laughs> totally. I, for some reason, Wednesday came to mind. Maybe the middle of the week. I don't know. Yeah, hump day, something. <laughs> yeah. Hour of the day. Huh? I think like like seven p.m. Nice. <laughs> it's, about, it's it's exactly 7 p.m. here. Oh, not for fun. you, but where I am. No. <laughs> um, best part of your day so far today? Huh, that is a great question. I feel like I I was kind of sleepy, so just like lying down watching 30 Rock uh, was the best part of my day. Besides, obviously, this whole podcast, which obviously. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best thing you've eaten in the last week? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, you know what? For my birthday dinner, I had like some fresh pasta, puttanesca, and that is my favorite thing. Mm. And that was really good. Yeah. What's your favorite food right now and or favorite food of all time? I feel like my favorite food is always uh, like pizza, really. But actually, like I really love biscuits and gravy. Like I can't not order biscuits and gravy if I see it on a menu. I have a lot of family in Nashville, Tennessee. My grandmother used to make biscuits and gravy. And so I just kind of like, though I'm not Southern, I like grew up with that yeah. and like really, really love it. It sounds really good. I don't think I've actually ever had it. It's so great. It's I so great. To, I, I, it sounds like really good right now. <laughs> Even though it's like, I'm so hot and sweaty, but I want like a warm yeah. biscuit and gravy. Yeah. Now that we're talking about it. What <laughs> advice would you give to aspiring TV producers or writers? That's interesting. I think it's just like work hard is my general like advice. But then I also, I think like I would like people to think about if they really want to be there, if they're really committed to it. I, I think I see people get into the industry like for just like some sort of like glamour, which you're not going to get all the time. And like it's a hard job and uh, I, I wish – you know, people would really assess if it's something that they feel passionate about. That's sort of my general feeling about life, though. Yeah. I want everyone to be doing something that they feel passionate about. Yeah. Very <laughs> solid advice. Nice. Is there one thing that you wish you would have known when you were starting out in this field? Yeah, I wish I would have, like, realized sooner that I wanted to write. I think I would have um, done my career a little differently. I, when I got out of college, I graduated a semester early and I just was like, I need a job. And like the place I was interning, like hired me to be the receptionist. And I was like, oh, great. And I had a full-time job and I just kind of like chilled for like a year, just kind of like doing that. And it, it wasn't something that I loved, but like I liked the people I was working with. I liked the study job, you know? Comfort, um, yeah. Yeah. And like, I think if I'd realized earlier that I wanted to be writing, like, and doing stuff, I would have uh, approached my career a little differently. Yeah. What is something in your career that you're the most proud of or in your creative work or just in general, I guess? <sighs> That's a good question. I don't know. I'm like, I want to say kind of everything in a weird way. Uh, which it sounds like a cop-out answer, but I just sort of mean that genuinely. Like, I'm just, I'm always proud of myself when I finish something that I set out to accomplish. Like, I think sometimes it's hard. I have a lot of, like, 
projects just from my whole life that I never quite finished and like like a book I started writing when I was like 14 like I I think I'm just proud anytime I finish something that I've been thinking about and like however it comes out I'm just glad that I finished it and I actually did it Mm, I love that yeah okay back to friends very quickly Mm-hmm. Why do you think, or do you think, but I assume that you do, and I do, do you think that Friends will always be culturally relevant, and why do you think it's it has so much staying power? I think it, I think aside from some of the weird jokes and, you know, all the whiteness uh, that you can look at in 2016 and be like, huh, we shouldn't have done a show this way, Um, I think it has staying power just because it's about the relationships, it's about the friends and stuff like I I think that's why also like teens have discovered it anew on Netflix you know because the whole series is on Netflix and like a lot of our listeners are like young teens who like weren't alive when the show started airing you know like and I think it's because of the relationships and it's just a funny show like it's 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 general enough it's not like timely specific you know that like um it just always is going to be relatable because it's about human relationships, you know? Yeah, totally. Love that. So if you had a daily uniform, what would it be? Huh. I once said something that, like, if I was a cartoon character, like if I was in a comic strip or a cartoon mm-hmm. character, like my outfit would be like a like an A-line skirt and, like, some sort of, like, graphic top. Like, either tucked in or, like, a crop top that, like, meets the top of my skirt. Like, so cute overbelly button with your skirt. I can picture all you that. You know, like, like, yeah. like, it wouldn't show any skin, but it would be, like, a crop top that ended, like, right yeah. at the skirt. That would actually um, be ideal because then you don't have to tuck in. Right, right. Something like that. That's what I, that's what I typically, that's typically what I wear. So I think that would be the closest thing to that's my uniform. Perfect. So in the morning, what are the first three or four things you do when you wake up in the morning and what are some morning routines you have ideally and how do those affect how the rest of your day goes? Uh, the, probably literally the first thing I do is, um, take out my mouth guard because I grind my teeth. Me too! Um, Me too! (laughs) And it's terrible. I've never Um, felt more connected to you. (laughs) So I always have to get that out because if I sleep, if I sleep without my mouth guard, my teeth feel like they're going to become dust. Um, And then I always have iced coffee. Like that's like the first thing I do. And I just kind of like sit and watch TV and like drink iced coffee uh, to like wake up. Um, I would like to be like exercising in the morning. Like and I, I, I have. I, I, I've gone through periods where I've woken up and I like do like an exercise tape or whatever. And I always like that. It's like one of those things where like, I know I feel better when I exercise, but it's still, despite that is like hard for me to convince myself to do sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's always, it's always beneficial. It always makes my day better, but I'm still like, Oh no, I got to get up and do this. Ooh. <laughs> It's also hard when you get sweaty in the morning and, like, then I definitely have to wash my hair, whereas, like, normally I don't wash my hair every day. (laughs) Uh, So, like, that's also an unfortunate factor to all of this. 
I have like a magical dry shampoo I should send you the link to because I will never wash my hair no matter how much I sweat. Man, I just like, I don't know. It's that sometimes I'm like, oh no, like now I have to wash my hair. But like, I guess I, I guess I don't. (laughs) You can always find a way around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. What about in the evening? What do, what are some of your, the last few things you do before you go to bed? What do your evenings usually look like? Man, it's so terrible because I'm always, you know, they say like you're supposed to like unplug from like screens and stuff like before you go to sleep because otherwise like your mind's racing and stuff. I'm usually double screening at night. (laughs) Yeah, I'm always like, I'm literally looking at my phone like as I fall asleep. Like it's just like, it's always right. Like arms reach to me. I prefer to fall asleep with TV on. Like it's just comforting to me. I just like it. Or I read until I fall asleep, uh, which is obviously better, healthier, or whatever. But um, I'm always, yeah, I'm doing one of those two things. I very rarely just go to bed and I'm like, okay, good night. Like I always have to like do something nice. uh, to unwind before I go to bed. Yeah, I find I find that too. I, I I've been having these moments where I've I'll. I like to consume something like fictiony at in the evening, so I'll either mm-hmm. watch, you know, a TV show or a movie or read something that's fiction, and I'll find myself like while I'm looking at Netflix on my computer, having my phone out, looking at <laughs> yeah. Snapchat while I'm. But I just was like, you know what? It's I'm watching like two reality TV shows at once right now. <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so how do you deal with? stress and do you have any self-care routines do you meditate do you like what are some things that you do to do you ever feel anxious or like how do you deal with that sort of thing yeah I feel anxious uh constantly um and stressed all the time I haven't really super figured out um what to do except that I always just it's like I turn to those comfort things. So it's like yeah. I turn to like a TV show that'll make me feel better or I just turn to reading. Like I find that reading, especially fiction, is just like very helpful and soothing to me and it's just like I, I, I can try to calm down if I can get myself to read something. Cool. Um, and just like relax in that way. I just I try to relax. I try to not specifically meditate uh, because I don't know how, but just kind of like sit and think and like, or sit and not think rather, and just like try to like exist. Yeah. If I, if I can. You're doing it. <laughs> if I can. <laughs> yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Are you spiritual or religious or what do you, what do you think happens when we die? Do you have like thoughts and feelings around that? Huh. I don't know. I am not, I'm not religious I uh I was like baptized Catholic and like both sides of my family like is pretty Catholic but my parents weren't um and aren't and so like I the only church I know is Catholic church but I'm Mm -hmm. like not Catholic or anything um but so religion has never been a big a big part of my life uh at all it's just kind of like that thing that I had to do with my grandparents, you know, (laughs) um, I don't know. I am not, I guess I'm not sure what happens when we die. Yeah. I don't know. Are you open to like spiritual stuff and intuition and psychics and like that sort of thing? For sure. I'm definitely, I'm definitely open, open to those, uh, kinds of things. Uh, for sure. 
but it's yeah it's never it's never like a big part of my life or something Cool. Like it's not something I'm thinking about often, which is like probably bad. I do remember yeah. being five and like freaking myself out. I was like, sta- I was like lying on my back, like at my grandparents, like staring at the sky. And I just started getting panicked because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die one day and the world's going to keep going. <laughs> and I was like horrified. And I think obviously, like, since I was five, like, I was mostly like, I'm the center of the universe. Yeah. And I was like, how dare they continue? And then did you just, like, break out in song singing without you from Rent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, uh, it, it was just, it was really, I think about that moment a lot. That was, like, the weirdest. I, I, and I don't think I told my parents at the time or anything. I think I just sat there and, like, Had mental it. anguish, yeah. being like, oh, my God, I'm going <laughs> to die and everyone is still gonna be here oh my gosh I wonder how you like got out of that and that's such a like existential moment to like what what happened next do you remember did you like tell your grandma no I think that's the thing I think like because I was so little like I just kind of like I got panicked I remember feeling very stressed you know I didn't know what stress was necessarily but like I, I I got very like short of breath and then I was like oh my god I can't believe that's gonna happen Mm -hmm. and then I probably like went and played you know like like I probably just well okay yeah yeah I got a snack exactly like I probably just like left (laughs) I know isn't that funny but that's like what I would do now like I have moments where I'm like have like crippling anxiety about like something I'm doing later or something and then I just like get distracted with something and I'm okay you know it just kind of lifts sometimes and then the other times I really have to like pull myself out of it and I can't get it out of my mind but yeah, yeah it's just funny how we are as humans and our brains like wrap around things and then let them go I know it's insane you know or like you just are suddenly most often actually when I'm going to bed I watch tv because otherwise I sit in the darkness thinking about like things from the past that stress me out you know like yeah just obsessing over like oh no I like offended someone once you know like that kind of stuff so I really like I really do use tv mostly as a as a like coping mechanism for things otherwise I'll just get I'll just get crazy just by Elizabeth Gilbert also has this quote that she says I don't know if it's her quote or she quotes someone else saying it but it's our minds aren't a place that you want to walk a round alone in at night and yeah so I think it's it's common that we distract ourselves with you know other people or social media or tv or or content in general and that's amazing that's amazing yeah (laughs) okay so this is this is a fun question so you're having a dinner party and you can invite five people who do you invite what do you eat slash cook slash make and what do you hope someone turns and asks you at the party? And what do you really not want people to ask you that you don't want to talk anymore about? Huh. Okay. I want to serve pizza because pizza makes everyone happy. Nice. And, like, as long as there aren't mushrooms on it, I'll be fine because I just don't eat mushrooms. Um, <laughs> so pizza makes everyone happy. I would want – man, who do I want to come to this? I can't even it's like I want like my best friend there which is maybe a cheat but I just do I want her there I want um like Tina Fey 
because I want to meet her and talk to her. Um, I probably want, like, this is weird, but, like, Joshua Jackson. Like, uh, I feel like he's, Casey. like, a big... Yeah, like, <clears throat> Dawson's Creek is just, like, a very big part of my, like, adolescence. And um, and he as a result of it. He so, seems like a really cool dude. Yeah. I listened to him in an interview somewhat recently. Because he's in that show, The Affair? I yes. Think? Yeah. Yeah, and I haven't watched it, but have you seen the movie Skulls with him in it? Yes. Yeah. I it's made my so high good. School, I made my high school boyfriend take me to that movie. <laughs> oh my god! And I then I was just like, Joshua it. Jackson's so hot the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I just watched it like last weekend when I went to visit my friend Simi, who's been on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she was like, you have to watch this movie. I was like, it sounds scary, Skulls. And she's like, Joshua Jackson. I was like, okay, say no more. You're like, <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> okay, um, sorry, I interrupted. Go on. So Josh is there. Our good yeah, friend. Josh is there. Um, I think Margaret Atwood, she's um, she's probably my favorite writer. Um, she's Canadian. I've read most of her books. I have all these like old copies of her books. My mom really loves her too. And so I have like all my mom's old paperbacks of her books and stuff. And I just, I really, I really love her writing. Um, and, uh, I would be really intimidated by her, but I think I would want her, uh, to be there. And then I think I have one more space. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. My mind is racing. I like so many things. It's so overwhelming uh, to think about. I'm like, I have no idea. Well, I can come. Okay, great. <laughs> I'll, I'll just take that stress right away from you. And Easy. Get a I know. I did. I started panicking. I was like, oh, my God. I don't know what to do. I got you. I will get on a plane. No problem. Just, like, so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> oh, you, you know. hope that. Oh, do you, did you think wait, of someone else? I actually. Well, no. I Not 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 to kick you out. I wouldn't okay. kick you out. But I thought of someone. Um, I think Amy Mann. I um, I've always really loved her music, um, and I just I really really adore her, um, and I have for years. And I think I think she would be she would be the last one. I like how I mostly picked women. I didn't yeah. even mean yeah. um, except Joshua. Yeah, that wasn't intentional. So what do you um, hope that those people bring up to you, and what do you not want to talk to, not want to talk about anymore? I'm not great at talking about uh, myself, which is going to be a statement that's going to sound weird to you and everyone listening to this episode right now. Uh, but it's like I, I can talk about myself in a very general way. Yeah, um, in a setting when someone is literally like has yes. copious notes on you and is yes. forcing you to. <laughs> yes, but like, like any time I've tried therapy, like it's very hard for me to talk about like emotions without just crying so I wouldn't want anyone to talk to me about anything like real like I'm much better like if we don't talk about like my actual feelings like or emotions uh which is like a very good avoidant avoidant um avoiding tactic avoidant is a 30 rock reference (laughs) um there's a there's also like there's a point in 30 rock where um Liz refers to Jack, uh, who I always relate to because he's like Irish Catholic and stuff, which is uh, my family. And um, 
to bring it back to religion and she refers to him as a repressed Irish moron mm-hmm. and I always like really relate to that like so actually that's what I was going to say with the religion thing like I don't I'm not religious but like I relate very much to the idea of an Irish Catholic like personality of like yeah. avoiding like serious things like avoiding talking about emotions yeah. like that is me and like just being like very feeling very guilty about everything and feeling like yeah. just that like catholic guilt i like yeah. have it, I it's know it well. you know because it's not it's not a religion-based thing it's definitely just like a your surroundings thing and so like like socially i have a very right. irish catholic personality <laughs> yeah i think it become i grew up catholic as well and like even went to catholic school and but kind of the same same way being like a not religious really with it but culturally and it's so it's just ingrained and really a part of you that i think we can never remove <laughs> yep yeah it is really it's really pervasive yeah it's in there deep <laughs> it's really in there because it's like not anything i think my parents meant to teach me but it is yeah it's in there it's in there <laughs> so what do you hope that you get to talk about at the party I just, I hope I get to talk about, um, like, media that I love. Like, I hope, because, and that's what all of those are focused on, right? Like, all those people are just focused on, like, like art that I love. And, like, cool. that's that's always what I want to be talking about. Yeah. Either making or just talking about other people's. That's what I always want to be doing. Yeah, very cool. So this is kind of a similar question. You're trapped on a deserted island, and you can take with you one book, one movie, one TV show, one food, and one person. Oof. Huh. One book, one movie. Hmm. My movie, I just, the only thing that came to mind right now is Clueless, so I'm going to go with that. Classic. I think for sure Clueless. I think TV show, I would think Friends, but I think really 30 Rock. I think we know, I know now that I like just watch 30 Rock obsessively. <laughs> um, food, I like still want to talk about pizza. I just think pizza is a very versatile food Classic, item. yeah. <laughs> of the people who come on, like 90% of them say pizza. <laughs> so like, you're, it's just you're like, in the norm. <laughs> It just makes sense. Like, who doesn't like pizza? Like, it's just, like, an easy thing to eat. Yeah. Um, I, it's, like, I don't want to be a cliche. I keep talking about her, but, like, my best friend, like, I would want there. I, uh, I don't get to see her enough now. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't live on the same coast. Like, we talk constantly over text. But, like, anytime we get to be with each other, it's just so nice and it's so fun. And, like, yeah, and I always, yeah, and I always think that we were, like, destined to be friends. Like, I remember meeting her and I just, like, was obsessed with her. And I was, like, you're going to be my friend. Yeah, cool. And, like, we're still friends and it's been forever. Like, it's been since she was 14. So it's, like. Oh, cool. What does she do? Uh, she's actually, she works as a private investigator. Oh, cool. <laughs> wow. Not uh, entertainment at all. Yeah, but she went to, like, acting school and stuff, um, cool. which I think helps her PI work. Um, yeah. Wow. Interestingly. Cool. She's kind of Veronica Mars. Wow. That's which so I like. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you just have to, a book to bring. Oh, no, a book. Uh, that's the hardest one. I love so many books. And it's like, I also, like, 
it's also the thing where like I can't think of like my favorite book off yeah, the top of my hard. head. You know, I read kind of a lot. I mean, uh, not like an insane amount to me, but I, I like I'm always reading at least like three books at one time. Um, and I can't. Gosh, I just can't pin it down. I can't think of. I can't think of a book for some reason because there's too many. Too many. You could sneak a couple in your bag then. Yeah, there's too many. I really like. Um, I really like, as I said, Margaret Atwood. I really like um, James Elroy, like uh, who wrote like Black Dahlia and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a book called My Dark Places that I really enjoyed. That's like you know about um, his life actually. Um, I find him very, very, very fascinating. Um, what else do I like? I don't know. Gosh, there are too many books. I want all the books. That's my yeah, problem. We constantly. could bring you like a small library. We could make that happen in my alternate universe of your deserted island. Yeah. There are too many, too many books. Too many. <laughs> so just a couple more questions. So do you have I now I, I was like channeling your um your friend like a private investigator. Like, just a couple more questions quickly. <laughs> um do you have a favorite video or that you've created or article that you've written? that you really um, loved or loved the reaction to or something? Yeah, I really like, I did this video called How to Be a Girl, <laughs> and I really like that one. I just, um, I feel like I hit some sort of yeah, it's so good. zone of something that I wanted to convey, like, and all, all my videos are jokes, but, like, that one I just feel like I, I hit what I wanted uh, to do, and I feel, like, happy about that. Yeah, it's so good. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's fantastic. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like one of my favorite ones. I could have gone a lot further with it. I sort of like held back. So I always want to do an update where I like, yeah, like go further. You should. <laughs> That'd be cool. What's it your favorite part of your life right now? Any, just any, any creative endeavor I have is always my favorite thing. It's like the thing that keeps me sane besides my family and friends and everything like that. Like my creative stuff is the only thing that like can truly like keep me focused and keep me like feeling normal and stuff. Yeah. Um, I found. <laughs> yeah. Going back to the, the body image stuff, not to like harp on that too much, but I, I always find too, if I'm having a bad body image moment or if I'm having like a relationship thing or anything, I think if you can, if I can make something or if I can, I guess it's kind of like that everything is copy Nora Ephron line or that if you can yeah. kind of make something f- from it, not even about it, but just if you can find your worth through your creativity, I, I always feel better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It kind of gives things meaning. So if you had to choose totally. one social media, what would it be and why? And speaking of social media, then tell people where they can find you on all of them. <laughs> Certainly, that'll be easy. Um, I really like Twitter. Um, I think that's probably my favorite one. Um, You're I just amazing, uh, thank you. I just uh, it's it's like the thing that it uh, it's the thing that I have the most followers on, and I think it's because I like it so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it just um, I like having to like be concise and having to you know figure out how to say stuff in a short format and um I like the medium a lot yeah isn't it funny how we can kind of have different followers on different 
or, or amounts of followers on, on different platforms. And yeah. I, I think you're so right. I, I think it is the one that I never really thought about that. But it it becomes the one that you you intuitively like the most because that's yeah what it is for me too. Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, but I love everything. So it's like I yeah. love Instagram. I love Facebook. <laughs> like I love everything. Yeah, and you're I killing it on, I'll on always all do of it. them. But especially Twitter. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, I um I am conveniently found everywhere at Aaron Mallory Long. So very cool. And the links very well, simple. All of that will be in the show notes as usual. The name of the show is Let It Out. So is there anything that you still want to let out? Any stone that isn't overturned? Any question that you want that you're pondering that you want to let out? Did you have fun? Anything you wish I would have asked you? Anything at all? <laughs> um, I had a great time. I thought this was really fun. Yay! Um, <laughs> I uh, I really really liked it. Um, no, I think everything that you asked was great. And even though I got tongue-tied trying to come up with answers for some things uh <laughs> it was amazing it i really so liked great. it yay good well thank you you're so cool so thank you so much for for doing the podcast and i'm so glad that that i got to spend this huge two-hour chunk of your sunday so thank you oh my god please thank you so much for having me it was so fun yay Well, there you have it, you guys. That was my conversation with the amazing Erin Mallory Long. She's so funny, so sweet, so talented, so creative. Check out her podcast, Best of Friends, and all of her work online. And now I'm going to get on over to our next interview with Ray Skowinski. Such a nice man. I loved interviewing him, as you will hear. He's just so nice. And I love the products, Oleomed which you can get a 20% off discount if you check them out. You're going to hear all about that. And after, you can go to the show notes and grab some supplements. That would be really cool. Supports the show, supports Ray, who is such a cool dude. And yeah, let's get into that interview. So welcome Ray Skowinski from Oleomed. I'm so excited to have you on the show and talk about your amazing products, and thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast this week. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be a part of the podcast. I know, you, congratulations on your success. I know you've got uh, thank you. some great notoriety from different uh, lists for great podcasts, so I appreciate being here. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for sending me some of your products to try. I am a huge fan, and it was great to be able to try some of the pro- products. So I want to hear about, you know, what the products actually are and how, but let's start first with how you got into this and what brought you into this health-related product. Uh, well, my background, uh, my, my partner, my business partner in the company, he is in the industry as far as dietary supplements and nutraceuticals. So he it's really the the product is his idea but uh what excited me about the opportunity to work with this is really my background um i grew up in a very small town in northern wisconsin of about three thousand midwestern exactly you know you're in michigan so yeah. uh, we're, we're neighbors sort of i live in florida now but um i was a town of about three thousand people uh we grew wow. up growing up my family we lived in the country essentially outside of the small town so my mom was a stay-at-home mom 
Uh, we had gardens and, and fruit and so forth to pick outside right around the house. So I grew up with a home-cooked meal every night, a lot of the products, stuff that we grew at home. Um, and, you know, healthy, real more healthy lifestyle, obviously, than what it's difficult to find that today. Mm-hmm. And so people really need, I mean, supplements are something that if you don't get the, the, everything that you need from your diet, that's where supplements come in. So I see that. I see that in my own life. I don't, I don't have the same lifestyle anymore. I'm in the city and on the go and uh, always not eating as well as we should, I guess. So it's, it's been a great opportunity for me to join uh, in this industry and, uh, and work with a product that I knew was a quality product. I mean, it's, it's manufactured in Spain by a pharmaceutical company, a pharmaceutical manufacturer that makes medicinal drugs as well. So it's high quality. Uh, the olive oil, the real secret uh, differentiating factor to our product compared to a lot of the others is the olive oil, pharmaceutical grade olive oils, the delivery agent, and your body needs some fat to really effectively absorb fat soluble nutrients. And the olive oil has the highest content of monounsaturated fat, which is a healthy fat. Uh, so the secret is be, uh, increasing the bioavailability or the absorption into the body for the nutrients. So that's kind of what sets us apart. And I was just really excited to uh, hear the description from my partner who knows the industry better than I do, but um, really excited to be working with this type of product. Oh, that's so cool. So tell me a little bit about some of your products. I know you have one for beauty that I really liked, which I think was a primrose one, right? Tell us about that one and some of the other ones that you have. Yes, the primrose is, is a women's health formula. Um, and so that's really supports women's health and it's good for the maintenance of a healthy skin and joints. Um, yes, I'm loving the, that one. The, the oil in there is very beneficial yeah. and, and hormonal balance and things. So that uh, particular product is, uh, is very popular actually. It's uh, a good seller for the women's health area and you'll see different brands of it and so forth out there as well. So it is a common product. Uh, just our olive oil makes kind of the difference for us and sets us apart. That's so cool. So you guys are available on Amazon, is that right? And how does that work? And of course, I'll have the link to where everyone can buy the products right in the show notes, but it's so simple to actually purchase them because, you know, everyone knows Amazon, everyone loves Amazon. You can just click right through Amazon. How does how does that work? Tell us about that. Yeah, that's the easiest way for on a national level to find the products right now is our Amazon store. So if you log into Amazon, go into Amazon, the search bar at the top, you can just put Oleomed, O-L-E-O-M-E-D, and search, and it will take you right to our store, our page. We've got five five listings. We've got the four individual products, the Primrose, a weight formula, CoQ10, and the garlic. And why is CoQ10 such an important um, supplement for people to be on? CoQ10 is really um, every cell in your body, the, the mitochondria and every cell in your body has CoQ10. Um, it's a vital part of life. It really, the, the ATP is a conver- conversion to energy, like the food that you eat converts to energy with the help of CoQ10. So it, it supports a lot of your bodily function. Your heart is a muscle. For the heart to pump, you need energy, which is part of what generates from CoQ10. Um, another thing that's made CoQ10 so popular, I think it's the most popular uh, supplement these days, is if people are on statin drugs, uh, cholesterol, they have high cholesterol, 
a common, very common treatment is statin drugs for cholesterol. And that actually works against the same operation that creates CoQ10 in your body. So you really, if you, you're limiting the CoQ10, uh, it's inhibited by the statin drug. So the supplementation becomes even more important. So it is key in a lot of physicians and so forth. Doctors will recommend a CoQ10 supplement if you're on statin drugs. Wow. It's a very important uh, part. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Cool. So you mentioned that you will be running a 20% off promotion for our listeners. Is that right? Tell us about that. Correct. Yes, we'll have a, uh, I can, well, set up on the store, 20% off promotion. So um, listeners will go to Amazon and they'll pull up Olimed and see our store. And the way Amazon works, you might not see it on the front page, but as soon as you go into any one of the products, um, it will show uh, there's a promotion being offered and we'll have that 20% off running. So <clears throat> people can take advantage of trying trying out the new product and we're excited to uh, to let people know about, you know, the new and our unique benefits. Amazing. I'm so excited too. Thank you so much for being so nice and supporting the show and making such amazing products that I love. It was so fun to talk with you, Ray. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate the opportunity. And again, I, I love your podcast and your success you've had. So I'm excited to be part of it. And we're definitely looking forward to, uh, to great things. How sweet was Ray? He's so cool, right? Check out his products. Right now, if you're still listening, you're probably very sick of me. We've just spent a lot of time together. If you are still listening, tweet at me. Tell me something because I'm, I would be shocked, to be honest. Um, but anyway, leave a review if you do like this podcast. If you want, share it with a friend. That would be really awesome. Let's move it up in the ratings so more people can find the show and I can keep doing it because I love doing it. I love talking to you guys. I love talking to cool people. There's so many cool guests coming up onto the podcast. I love you guys and I will talk to you next week.
Well, there you have it, you guys. That was my conversation with the amazing Erin Mallory Long. She's so funny, so sweet, so talented, so creative. Check out her podcast, Best of Friends, and all of her work online. And now I'm going to get on over to our next interview with Ray Skowinski, such a nice man. I loved interviewing him, as you will hear. He's just so nice. And I love the products, Oleomed, which you can get a 20% off discount if you check them out through, you're going to hear all about that. And after, you can go to the show notes and grab some supplements. That would be really cool. Support to the show supports Ray, who is such a cool dude. And yeah, let's get into that interview. How sweet was Ray? He's so cool, right? Check out his products. Right now, if you're still listening, you're probably very sick of me. We've just spent a lot of time together. If you are still listening, tweet at me. Tell me something because I'm, I would be shocked, to be honest. Um, but anyway, leave a review if you do like this podcast. If you want share it with a friend that would be really awesome let's move it up in the ratings so more people can find the show and i can keep doing it because i love doing it i love talking to you guys i love talking to cool people there's so many cool guests coming up onto the podcast i love you guys and i will talk to you next week